Hello and welcome to The Earful Runner, a podcast devoted to telling the stories of the vibrant community of runners who come to race in the most magical place on earth. I'm Mary Arnold. And I'm Emily Guth. We're delighted to bring you this timely mini episode on all things Run Disney registration. Yes, we are here to give you some helpful tips and tricks. We're going to make some predictions and to make sure that you don't make some of the mistakes we have. We're coming up on Marathon Weekend Registration, May 12th to be exact, and we couldn't be more excited about registering for our second Dopey Challenges. But if I understand, there was much rejoicing. Uh, But um, if I understand correctly, some people might get to register on May 7th. Um, Could you explain that, Em? Yeah, of course. So um, one of the fun perks to being a pass holder or a Disney Vacation Club member is you get to register early for these races. Um, usually pass holder and DVC registration happens on the Thursday before general registration. So if general registration is on a Tuesday, the Thursday before is that early date. Um, it's not discounted. It doesn't make your race any cheaper. Uh, you just get a chance to register before the general public. Um, and with that being said too, you know, don't worry, pass holders and DVC members aren't going to take up all of the spaces because they only allot a certain number. Um, to that group of people but it's a fun uh, fun little perk to having you know that annual pass or that DVC uh, membership so so if I'm an annual pass holder and I miss that registration window mm-hmm. um, because there's only so many um, so many spots allotted what's my next recourse what's the next step is that general registration yes so that early registration will stay open for pass holders until until all of those spots are filled. So if you don't, didn't get on there right away um, and things aren't sold out for pass holders, you could still log on on Friday and see what's there. Um, if you miss something and it's sold out, for example, the 5Ks tend to sell out pretty quickly, um, your next option is to hop on with general registration with, with everybody else. Got it. So let's imagine for a second that I have never registered for a Disney race, uh, but I really want to sign up for the half marathon. What do I need to do and have, and where do I need to be to maximize my chances of registering on the first day? So I think from experience, um, the best thing to do is to hop on that website 15 to 20 minutes before registration opens at 10 a.m. Um, this will put you in a queue. You'll get that little spinning beach ball of death that we all love. Um, <laughs> but it'll put you in a queue. Um, and then at 10 o'clock, when registration opens, it will take people. We think, we're not entirely sure if this is how the algorithm works, but our best guess is that it takes people in the order in which they logged in. We're not totally sure if that's true or not. Um, my mom got into the virtual races before I did, and I was on there before she was, so I'm not totally sure. But that's our best guess. Um, The next thing you're going to want is your credit card that you want to put it on sitting next to you. Um, Wasting time looking for your credit card is going to waste time. Um, Your registration does not go through. You're not guaranteed a bib until you hit register. So you can have it in your cart. And in that time that you're looking for your credit card, the 5K sold out, the half marathon sold out, or whatever it is you were registering for, because you were looking for your credit card. And then you lost it. So you're not oh. not guaranteed anything until you hit that register button. So you're going to want okay, so all I, of your information, I, like, at the ready. Awesome. So I want to back up and ask a, a clarifying question on that. Yeah. So 
let's say you're logged on, it's five minutes to, um, and you get an email that you have to answer for work really quickly. Should you leave your browser window open? Yes. Do you need to be careful about not refreshing it? What are yeah, don't refresh it. Don't touch it. Leave it. Open a new tab. Answer the email on your cell phone. Or even open the registration page on your cell phone and do everything else on your computer. Um, I've registered both from my cell phone and from my computer. And it seems to be the same uh, no matter what. Um, same process and the pages look about the same, but whatever you do, do not, once you're in the little spinning beach ball of death, don't close it and don't refresh it. No matter how much it annoys you, just let, just it, let spin it spin because eventually, eventually you will yeah, get Yeah. Cause there. if you hit refresh, it's going to put you in the back of that metaphorical key line that we're pretty sure exists. Got it. So let's say again, that I'm registering for the half in addition to my credit card, do I have to have proof of time at another race uh, as well? So you can sub- submit your proof of time up to a certain date. So if you don't have, if you haven't run your proof of time race yet, you don't have to put it in. Um, you just say, I'm not going to put in proof of time at this time. And then you finish your registration. Um, it'll tell you up to what date you can put your proof of time in. It's usually like two to three months before the date of the race. Um, and you usually have from a year before that. So, for example, for Wine and Dine this year, the cutoff for proof of time is August 4th. Unfortunately, we know that a lot of people's races are getting canceled, and that really sucks. Um, we've yet to see if they're going to make any accommodations for that. But you could have submitted a proof of time from January. Like, I believe it was January 1st of 2019 up until August 4th of 2020. So you have some, so, some buffer room in there. Yeah, you have a little bit of wiggle room. Now, let's imagine for a second that I'm actually a first-time half marathoner mm-hmm. and I've, I don't have any proof of time. Um, why would someone want to put in proof of time and what happens if you don't have one? So proof of time um, used to be a half marathon under 240, which I believe uh, is like a 10K of like 110 maybe. Um, it's now 2.30. So if you run a half marathon of 10K, 10 mile, I believe are the ones that you can submit for that. Um, under that time, that guarantees you a spot in a corral somewhere between A and E. Um, if you don't have a proof of time, you put in your predicted finish time and that'll put you in a corral somewhere between F and the end, which I think is H. Um, so not, so submitting a proof of time just will put you up earlier in the race and not submitting a proof of time won't hurt you in any way. You'll just start back a little bit farther. And if you're a first time marathoner, like I half marathoner, like I was the first time I did a Disney race, honestly, being back further was totally fine. And I felt like that was where I belonged because it was my first time running that distance. And also they, with the implementation of wave start several years ago, um, especially with the half marathon and the marathon distance, you don't miss out on the experience of the fireworks or any of the characters. Yeah, definitely. Um, they simply take a couple corrals each time and then everybody gets fireworks. They, they pretty much blow their entire fireworks budget in one morning. Yes, seriously. Um, <laughs> they, honestly, they probably don't even make a dent in their fireworks budget, let's be honest. Uh, this, is this is true. <laughs> and I just always, I always think, I was like, wow, that's, that's a lot of pyrotechnics for 5 a.m. That's really 5 a.m. in impressive. the middle of the highway, I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So you, you registered for the half, 
and you, what happens next? Do you get a confirmation email? Is there any other follow-up stuff that you need to do as that first time half marathon or register? So there's no more follow-ups. You'll get an email. Um, you'll get a confirmation email. It'll also be in that Disney account. So you can log on, um, and see your registration. If you wanted to pre-order any race merchandise, you can also do it on that same website in which you registered. So that would be things like pins and jackets and, uh, you know, I did it type situation, like, you know, clothing or whatever it is they decide to sell in this bundle, um, you can do on that. And it's, it's my understanding. It's, it's a really good point, Emily. And it's also my understanding and please correct me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, that like, if you pre-order that merch, then that's available for you to pick up when you go to get your bib, right? Yeah. So that'll be available for pickup at a separate booth at the expo. So like, if you know that you're a, like a diehard pin collector, and you're doing dopey and you're going to want a pin from all of the races, I highly suggest pre-ordering them. Um, I've seen like friends that have not done that and then gotten there and there was one race that they couldn't get the pin for. So they had like, you know, five out of six pins for dopey. And that's just like really disappointing. Um, so if you know that it's merchandise that you're absolutely hundred percent going to want, I highly suggest pre-ordering it. And then you just walk over to the booth and you show your confirmation. Um, you tell them your name, your ID, um, and they'll give you that merchandise that you pre-ordered. And you also don't have to wait in that extra line, that giant line for the race specific merchandise that typically wraps around the building. Oh, it's not even outside anymore. You haven't done this in a couple of years. I forgot. They moved it. <laughs> they moved merchandise into the new um, arena that they built, that they just finished building not all that long ago. And so now you loop endlessly inside. You still loop endlessly, oh. but there's the option of buying beer. You just happen and, to be inside. You know. And enjoying yourself. I say, yeah, that was, I distinctly remember doing dopey and and waiting in that line outside and just being like, I really want the jacket. And then I got inside and there were no jackets left in my size. (sighs) So yes. Yeah. So if you know Um, you're going to want specific merchandise and it's available for pre-order, just bite the bullet and do it. You'll have a much more pleasant expo day experience than like crying in the field house because you couldn't find what you wanted. (laughs) <laughs> yes, because there is no crying in Disney. No. That is that is something that we're trying to avoid. So talk to our listeners a little bit about challenge registrations. I know your bestie uh, got closed out of a race that she was trying to sign up for this fall uh, and ended up signing up for something else. So could you talk a little bit about, um, you know, what you could feasibly sign up for if your goal race gets sold out and also how challenges give you an opportunity to maybe access a few more spaces in those goal races? Yeah, totally. So Wine and Dine presented an interesting registration process this year because it's villain themed. Everybody like lost their minds. Everyone was like, oh, my God, villains. So from what we typically see, I, from what I've noticed on registration weekends like Marathon Weekend, the 5K and the half marathon tend to be the first things to go. Um, and this was not the case for Wine and Dine. The 5K, the 10K, and the Challenge were the first things to go. Um, and the half marathon was left over. So my lovely, beautiful, wonderful best friend, who is a cast member in Disney and we love her dearly, did not listen to me when I said, make sure you're on there early. It was 10.15, and she was like, ooh, I should hop on. Oh, dear. She was going to run the 10K. <laughs> I texted her back, and I was like, 10K sold out. You might have to, you know, find an alternative option with a charity or something. 
she doesn't answer me for a while and then I get another text back and it's a picture of the confirmation that emailed us says, thank you for registering for the wine and dine half marathon. And I was like, Oh, and she goes, yeah. So how far is a half marathon? Oh boy. Here we go. Like, oh God. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. So, so here's, here's some things you should know. If your race is sold out, you might have other options. Um, those options might include registering through a charity. A lot of those charities don't release their bibs um, until after general registration is over. So you will have to do some fundraising, but it is a way into the race. Um, if you feel comfortable upping your distance, you might have to do that. If you know you wanted to register for the 5K, but it's sold out, maybe you shift your goals to a 10K. Um, and the same goes for the marathon and the half marathon. If the marathon is sold out, you may shift your, you know, your goals for the goofy challenge and do the half and the full. Um, my personal opinion is if you're going to do the full, you might as well just do dopey and do them all because you're going to have some FOMO on the first three days anyway. (laughs) Well, you and I would, I don't don't know know if if everybody would, would. but I've I've heard it talked about on the bus you know, to the races and to the expo where people are like, well, I was going to sign up for like the 5k and the marathon. And then I was like, well, why would I do that? I'll just sign up for dopey. Like if I'm going to do the marathon, I might as well do all the other ones. Um, I know not everybody shares that sentiment. However, you'll see a lot of first time marathoners with dopey bibs because you know, why not? Um, so you may just have to shift your goals a little bit or shift the means in which you register. Um, if you, uh, if you are sitting here now and you're like, ooh, I don't want to take the risk, um, there are travel agencies that um, have bibs that you can book with. The only thing that comes with a travel agency that's different than just booking your bib online is that you have to book at least two nights on Disney property with them when you, when you purchase a bib through a travel agency. Um, but they pull from their own supply of bibs, all of the travel agencies get a certain number collectively among all travel agencies and then they pull what they need from that collective stockpile. So if you're sitting here now and you're like, oh crap, I like, what if my race is sold out? Um, find a travel agency that has some bibs and they can help you out. And, and didn't I remember in a couple episodes ago when we were talking to Danny DeSanto, haven't they recently reconfigured the way that they allocate bibs for, um, for these races, right? So it's better if you if you know you want to stay on property, it might be a good idea uh, to check with them earlier. Rather totally, than and they can help you with things that you might not have answers to, right? Like so, like Mary and I are taking like a semi decently sized group of people with us to do Dopey this year, um, and so if you are taking you know the whole family or a large party, it might be helpful to call a travel agency to be like, hey, what's the most you know cost-effective, you know, least wanting to pull my hair out way of putting this many people on property together. Um, Usually sometimes they can see options that um, you can't see when you book things directly through the Disney website. And that might be like, you know, booking two adjoining rooms instead of a suite might come out cheaper than booking a suite somewhere. Um, So it's always nice to, to, to get a second opinion on on you know staying on property if it's not something that you do on a regular basis got it and they can also assist you with park tickets and options and absolutely as an authorized yeah absolutely agency. um differing from disney world um if you've ever registered or are intending to register for disneyland paris 
you have to book through a travel agency. Um, they will do a bib only sale, but they'll do it like one to two months before the race. Um, so if you want a guaranteed bib for Disneyland Paris, you have to book on the Disneyland Paris website. Um, so you book your resort and your park tickets and all of that. And then you add the bibs to that resort reg- reservation um, as opposed to Disney World where mm-hmm. like you just book, book your bib and then you can do whatever you want in re- as you know, in regards to accommodations. Got it. Really important yeah. distinction there. So I, I want to go back to charities for just a moment. So uh, you and I have both worked with different charity organizations, all really great organizations, and there's over 15 participating charities sort of on average every year with Walt Disney World Marathon. Um, one thing that I'd like to talk about just briefly with my experience, and Em, I'd love to know yeah. from your experience, fundraising mm-hmm. minimums for all of the charities tend to be different. There is no one sort of like set level. And also different charities uh, will offer different perks to fundraisers based on levels. So for example, if you raise $6,000 for your participating uh, charity organization, they might not only present you, you, you might have guaranteed your, your bib for the Dopey Challenge and also five nights of hotel. Whereas if you meet the fundraising minimum of, say, $2,000, you might only get the bibs and then a T-shirt and maybe one night of accommodation. So if you're interested in charities, just really look at all of your options. There's you know well over 15 for each, for each of these races and just understand sort of what the different uh, perks of working with the different groups is. Now, I know that you've raised a couple, you've, you've worked with a couple of charities before. Has that been your Yeah, so when well? I did Princess, um, it was my intention to run with a charity for Princess. I didn't um, have the intention of registering for general registration um, because it was my 10th half marathon. I wanted to do something special. Um, so I wanted to work with a charity. Mm-hmm. So I went through um, the list of charities to see one who had bids left for the fairy tale challenge because that was my intention and also what those fundraising minimums were. Um, so I ended up running with girls on the run, central Florida, um, who are absolutely lovely. They only do princess half if you ever want to fundraise with them. Um, but they have some of the lower fundraising minimums, um, because they're quote unquote perks are not as high. So like with your fundraising minimum, you get like a charity singlet and the support of their fundraising staff. Um, but you won't get any like hotel accommodations versus something like team in training, who's the title, you know, title benefactor of marathon weekend. Um, their dopey minimum is close to $5,000 and you get your entry to dopey. You get like a ticket to their pre-race party. You get singlets for every day and you get like five nights on property. Um, so, you know, I'm still young in my, my pool of, of, donation you know donators is broke college kids still or broke recently (laughs) out of college kids I try to keep my fundraising minimums down and so like realistic goals for myself but some people I mean there are people who have raised thousands and thousands of dollars over their fundraising minimums because they can Um, so you know stay realistic within your goals it sucks to be like a week or two from your final fundraising deadline and still be out five hundred dollars and you, you end up putting more towards mm-hmm. the race than you would have if you had just bought your bib through general registration. Got it. So it sounds like, you know, all of these are really good pathways to getting entries to 
particularly high demand races. And would you say, given the recent sellout of the virtual summer series that we we could reasonably expect sold out conditions for Walt Disney World. You know, it's interesting. I've seen some debate about this and there is like a half the population that's saying, yes, this is going to sell out because people need something to look forward to, which I totally understand. I'm in, I'm totally in that boat. And then there's the other half of the population that are like, well, I'm not sure because like, because everything is getting canceled, you know, are we going to be cautious about what we register for in the future. So it could, I mean, it could honestly go either way. I would expect the 5k to sell out because it always does. Um, I would expect longer races mm-hmm. to take a little longer, but just because they usually do, you can usually register for dopey, you know, a couple weeks after the fact, but you know, we never know. So don't rely on that. But in, with that said, there are tiers to race pricing. So every, you know, couple months, the, the registration fee does go up. The closer you get to race day, the more expensive the race becomes. That's also something mm-hmm. to keep in mm-hmm. mind. So, you know, if you're like, oh, I'm going to save money and register later, like you're probably actually not going to do that. So just, yeah, just make, make sure that you you have those uh, those race dates circled, those registration dates circled. So you understand, you know, as soon as you get in for early yeah. bird pricing. So with the, it, to the yeah. best of your knowledge, Emily, with the early bird pricing sort of like, you know, day one, let's just use a hundred dollars as an example. Is that pricing based on number of spaces or is that date based? So like for the first two weeks, the registration for the half marathon is say, for example, a hundred dollars. And then after two weeks, it goes up to like 125 or is it a certain number of spaces? And then once they reach those spaces, it triggers the next registration. It's date date based. So for marathon weekend, there's three tiers so between registration day on May, whatever that is, May 12th, um, and race day, there's three tiers of pricing, and it goes up $10 a piece each time. Yeah. Got it. Good to know. Which, really which to when know. you, like, $10 doesn't sound like a, a lot, but there is that, like, service fee that they do track on, which is 6%. So then when you add the 6% service fee to the raised price, it does, you know, make a decent difference. Good to know. Really, really good to know. So there's one sort of newer path to registration that I don't think we've really touched upon. And I personally don't know a ton about it other than just bits and pieces of what I've read. Can you talk a little bit about club run Disney? And um, how that I works? mean, I could try. I honestly don't know a lot. The, I, I think the, I don't know anybody that's signed up for it, which is actually pretty remarkable because I think a lot of runners have decided that the perks aren't worth the price. But one of the perks to, so to at least to the base level and all of the levels of the Run Disney membership is tier one pricing always. Um, so if you are a member of Club Run Disney at any level, your pricing will never go up on Disney races. If you mm-hmm. are a gold member, which is that middle tier, I'm re- literally reading this verbatim off the website. So you will have a guarantee. You will have a guaranteed opportunity to purchase one spot in a half marathon or longer during early registration. So there's no there's no added perk of an early registration for a 5K or 10K. Only for the half marathon or the challenges or the marathon. That's basically like mm-hmm. the um, and then in that platinum level, you do have that 5K 10K option a guaranteed entry to, to one spot in one distance each race, each race weekend throughout the year. And it looks like there's also some merch yeah, opportunities. Some guaranteed, too, some guaranteed merch opportunities. Merch opportunities. There's, there's something about upgraded corral placement, which has sparked a lot of controversy. And I think what was, det- 
what was decided was that if you did not submit a proof of time, you will not be any further up than you would have been if you were not Club Run Disney. But if, if your proof of time or your general registration would have put you all the way in the last crowd, the furthest up it will put you is now E or F. So you will not be put from the back of the race all the way to the front of the race because that is dangerous and not a good plan at all but you will be moved up just a little bit. If you're thinking about buying that because you want to be in Corral A, that's not what's going to happen. That's really good to know. And also, um, this is a, Club Run Disney was relatively new. I believe it was introduced this yeah. year in January, wasn't it? So there's still, you know, there's still a lot of information that we don't know simply because there just haven't been that many opportunities for people to participate. I mean, obviously, Marathon Weekend Princess, um, but since Star Wars didn't happen this year, uh, we still don't have. A yeah, lot of and the memberships technically don't start until October first, so you don't actually get any of those perks until October first. So if you're like, "Oh, I'm going to register for Club Red and Disney now," it's not going to do you any good because the first race that it's technically valid during is wine and dine. So got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So good to know club run Disney when it was introduced or when it was mentioned that it was going to be introduced was exciting. And I think the, the general consensus has been like, wow, I wish you would have sat a bunch of runners down in a room and asked us what we wanted because the perks mm-hmm. that have become mm-hmm. available aren't, really anything that people are like super gung-ho about well hopefully this will provide some yeah. some feedback some yeah feedback totally i mean that so that platinum membership is the same price as an annual pass and i think the general the general consensus has been like if you're going to charge me the same as an annual pass then it should be an annual pass for race weekends which i think would have been a really awesome idea and i would have probably even considered considered investing in it if if that's what the perks had been then it was you know which makes sense. It is it is roughly the same price as an annual pass. And, you know, an annual pass, you can walk into Disney World on any given day. I think they have some things to work out, but we will we will let them do that. And, uh, and the sort of sort of just stay yeah, tuned. Yeah, things develop. We'll try to keep people updated on, on, on what is happening. But we don't we're going to try to stay away from speculation on this podcast. We will try not to make <laughs> predictions for Disney World. We will let them you know, speak for themselves. Yes. And the only speculation we will do is, you know, the debate over if the Haunted Mansion is truly the greatest ride in Walt Disney World or if it is something else, as my pal Emily contends. We'll have an, oppor- um. we'll, we'll have an opportunity <laughs> when the virtual shorts, the virtual races come around for me to post my god-awful on a mansion photo. Because I really look like I'd rather be anywhere else. Uh, so so with that, um, before we, I want to just touch on our virtual things momentarily, but Emily, what are the what are the key registration dates for general registration for folks that to keep in mind? And if they're marking down their calendars, what dates do they need to have? Uh, okay, sort of so bold? I'll do general registration dates first, and then I'll go back and I'll mention early registration dates. So general registration for the 2021 Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend opens on Tuesday, May 12th at 10 a.m. Eastern. Registration for the 2021 Disney Princess Half Marathon Weekend, which will be February 18th to 21st of 2021. General registration opens on Tuesday, June 16th at 10 a.m. And registration for the 2021 Star Wars Star Wars Rival Run Weekend, which is taking place April 15th to 18th, 2021, will open on August 11th at 10 a.m., also on a Tuesday. And then going back, like we mentioned before, the early registration dates for pass holders and DVC members, which you can access through your pass holder and DVC accounts. Those registrations will open 
May 7th, Tuesday, uh, Thursday, May 7th for Marathon Weekend, Thursday, June 11th for Princess Weekend, and Thursday, August 6th for Star Wars Weekend, all at 10 a.m. Eastern. Perfect. So just set that calendar alert, set multiple alarms, whatever you need to do. Just make sure that you are in front yes, of your Yes, and just so we're where you can so, register your family, know, know that it will eat up some of your time. Um, but if you do have kids or spouses, siblings that you need to register... Um, you can register them in early registration and in general registration all in one transaction. Just be prepared with all of their information. Like don't register your friend if you don't know their birthday or anything like that because then it's going to eat up your time and it's going to take you longer to register. But as long as you have everybody's information set and ready, you can do multiple people in one transaction. Good to know. Really good to know. So make sure you have that credit card handy. You've got a good solid internet signal, whether you're on your, your mobile or your desktop. Yeah. Tell your family to get off the internet. If it, you know, whatever you need to do, if you need to make some threats, we're not condoning it, (laughs) but it's been done. Oh yeah. So if somebody's live, yeah. So if somebody's live streaming something on Netflix, maybe ask them to pause it for like an hour uh, so that they can, uh, exactly. And if you're worried about, you know, getting in, Um, I've done it with family where like we've all logged on from our respective locations and whoever gotten first registered everybody. So if you need to do that, then, then, you know, do what you need to do, coordinate with your friends and your family. However, you need to go about getting yourself into your desired races. It's a bummer when, when you get in and you see that the race that you wanted to do is sold out. So set yourself up for success, right? Have all of those pieces in place and be ready to go. So speaking of success, um, we have had a very, very warm response to a question that we put out to our audience about collaborating with us on a virtual 5 Yeah, totally. So I think the first one will have already happened when we release this episode, but that's okay. We're going to do one virtual 5, there's three. So we're going to do one virtual 5K a month, May, June, and July. And we're going to do them together, quote unquote, together via our Instagram. So we're going to go live on Instagram, Mary and I, from our respective locations. And we're going to give you some history about those attractions that those rides are based on. So we have the Mad Tea Party uh, teacups. We have Space Mountain and we have the Haunted Mansion. Um, we'll probably maybe throw some things in about that what, what? cute little ticket book challenge medal. Um, since there seemed to be an alarming number of people that were like, what is that? So we'll give some history on that because that broke my heart a little. Yeah, well, if, you, if you're if you new to the Disney or if you perhaps didn't come of age when ticket books were a thing, I could exactly. understand where you yeah. did So um, we're going to go live on Instagram. Um, we'll give dates as we figure them out, but the first one will have been May 2nd, which I think we'll have released this episode by the time that happens. But join us on Instagram. You can either run with us or you can watch us suffer from the comfort of your couch, whatever, you know, you, you feel the need to do. Um, (laughs) But we're going to try to make it super fun and educational um, and a little nerdy. And we're gonna have a good time with it. And maybe who knows by June or July, we might actually be able to do it together. Which, because there is nothing better than the only thing better than one person running and two people mouse running. ears are two yeah, people and running I don't and have finishing my, mouse ears. I don't have my finisher mouse ears. I think the only ears I have here are my Santa hat ears, which is a little out of season and a little warm for this time of year. That's okay. We can make it work. <laughs> but my finisher ears are back in New York, and hopefully for the June and July. 5Ks, I will be able to wear them. But yeah, so p- please follow all, you know, social distancing, curfew, lockdown rules that your neighborhood has um, or your state has because we don't want anybody getting in trouble 
for doing this. Um, we don't want to get in trouble for doing this. Well, we also want to encourage everybody to, um, you know, to be responsible so Absolutely. that we can all come through this healthy and safe and, and have an opportunity to have a great fall racing season, whether that's at Wine and Dine or that's at Disney Marathon. So, yeah, we would just encourage everybody to follow local protocols and and, respons- and, and to run responsibly. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't run in a costume. Yeah, absolutely. If you're signed up for the virtual awesome. 5Ks, but don't just, forget to print out your bib. You can find your bib on on disney.com they also posted mile markers and start and finish line signs so if you want to go out in your car and like drive 3.1 miles and figure out where those mile markers are for you to drop for yourself and for your friends like that's super cool go ahead and do that i will not be doing that because i think i'd get some looks around here um but i will i will print out my bib and i will enjoy (laughs) i will enjoy the idea of racing, even if we can't, you know, all be together to do it. Exactly. And it will be a celebration of running and, and looking forward to. Yes. And if you are watching us on Instagram again. while you are running, uh, please be safe. Please watch for traffic. Rules, rules of the road apply. Don't text and drive. Yes, Don't text exactly. and run. Yes. Yes. This is not mouse rules apply. Please pay attention to where <laughs> you go. So, well, dear listeners, whether you're signing up for your first Disney race or your hundredth, we really hope you enjoyed our show. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, check us out on Anchor or Spotify, and we'll be delivering up podcast episodes fresh, each Tuesday. They're good. No, probably. Tasty, they're good. Tasty. No, they're tasty. My mom's downstairs making bagels. Maybe. She goes, worst comes to worst, I'll just eh. taste like bread. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for good tuning boy. in today. Good we boy. would love to connect to you. You can find us online at EarfulRunner.com or at EarfulRunner on Facebook and Instagram. See you real soon. Thanks.